because hold on are you telling yeah. me that batman boxes dracula on the regular yes and no <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I am Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. We love DC animation. So here's something we enjoy in this bonus episode of... Yeah, another DC animated podcast, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Welcome to yet another episode of yet another DC animated podcast. My name is Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I am Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. Andrew and I have known each other since 1996. That was a year. Rockabilly Vampire released in theaters, maybe? It's probably not, though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the plot is a woman obsessed with Elvis was having problems with her job, her landlord, and her landlord's scummy son. One day she meets a man who looks and dresses just like Elvis. She immediately falls in love. But there's one thing she doesn't realize. Elvis is a vampire. Mm. So is the woman penguin in this scenario? <laughs> I think so. I think so. Because and- my dude was just like, is that your man's? Yeah, that's my bat. <laughs> What, what I'm more impressed by is someone took the time to write out the full plot beat by Jeez. beat on IMDb, like seven paragraphs. All right. So I know what I'm doing after we're done with this. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I got some reading to do. Let's <laughs> also, I just need to know what the songs are like. You ain't nothing about the hound dog. It has to be like a hellhound dog or something. <laughs> I, I, I do think so. I do think so. Uh, jailhouse rock, coffin rock, tomb rock. There's something there. There's some <laughs> tombstone rock. Something there. Something there. <laughs> oh my gosh! Shout out to the vampires who are giving us so much content, including in today's episode, as we have a calendar man special. Uh, he was he kind of forced us into watching this one. At least it's not as I don't think it was as bad as Batman Unlimited. Um, but we'll let y'all we'll figure that out later. <laughs> That sound you heard was me falling into the sunken place, just thinking of <laughs> Batman Unlimited. <laughs> yeah, speaking of, I re-listened to it just to get into the Halloween vibe, and I was like, oh, God, that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad, there was not even enough to talk about. It was just so terrible. <laughs> so we didn't even give it a rating, honestly. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we are talking about another Halloween adventure that features the Batman. So we are celebrating with Calendar Man here for Halloween. Uh, yeah, we are celebrating Halloween, All Hallows Eve, Sam Hain, or my personal favorite, Half Price Candy Eve, as we talk about the Batman versus Dracula. At a runtime of 85 minutes, this 2005 animated film was directed by Michael Gauguin. Uh, sorry if I butchered that name. I, I feel like that is not how you probably pronounce that. We got you. We'll, we'll fix it in post. Yes, yes. Uh, he's done a lot of work on the production side with things like Superman and Batman, Public Enemies, Justice League, New Frontier, uh, Jackie Chan Adventures, of course. And uh, he's also done work on the Batman, the animated series, and the movie that we covered already, Mask of the Phantasm. Uh, screenplay was written by Dwayne Capizzi. Um, honestly... 
you you know this guy's name if you grew up watching cartoons in the 90s to the 2000s <laughs> it's like if you watch cartoon network or by some extension wb you, you've seen his name <laughs> uh we got animation services provided by dongwoo company limited uh this is a korean company that has done work on movies and shows that we've covered already here like gotham knight and static there is honestly i was going through the list and i was like again the, this company actually did a lot of work on a lot of stuff we watched like i saw teenage mutant ninja turtles ben 10 like the entire beniverse I guess what you call it there's a lot <laughs> but Speaking of, because of the fact, I think it's also because of the fact this movie came out in 2005. Uh, the cast list is very too early 2000s when you look at them. Um, so we got starting with the man who was serving as the web-slinging Spider-Man from 1999 to 2003 across games and television like Spider-Man Unlimited. He's taking up the first half of our title card here today as Reno Romano is voicing Bruce Wayne, a.k.a. the Batman. Holding down the other half of that title card, we have a man who probably has been in more vampire supernatural movies than anyone else, including this one today. We have Peter Stormare, who brings to life the undead Dr. Alucard, a.k.a. Dracula. Wait a minute. Alucard? Hmm. <laughs> this one I try to have some fun with it. Let's see if I can pull it off. Oh, he's searching the catacomb within the city. Tom, Kenny is penguin. <laughs> Flawless. No notes. Thank you. Everybody gets one. <laughs> Before she was Miss Minutes, she was adding minutes to her DC resume here as Tara Strong is uh, Vicky Vale. I almost did. Have you ever seen Chuck? Chuck? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the intro when they first issued the very first episode. Vicky Vale. Vicky Vale. Vicky Vale. <laughs> Next up, this man took flight as Adrian Toomes in the Marvel Universe, that is the animation universe. Um, he is the smartest man in the world as Mimir in the God of War series. Uh, today, he is voicing Alfred Pennyworth. He has been the voice of Alfred Pennyworth in a lot of stuff, including Batman Unlimited, Monster Mayhem. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's right. Alistair Duncan returns to voice our favorite witty, banterful butler. Mm. And finally, we know his voice, but this time he got super crazy with it. Honestly, I think this is going to his acting in some scenes in here. It's probably going to be the fuel of my nightmares as you have Kevin Michael Richardson, who is voicing the Joker. Yes, the uh, I'm not going to ruin it. I have Mm -hmm. a comment about Joker right away. I'm not going to spoil it too early. (laughs) All right, well, let's just jump right on this. Let's boom tube over to the beginning of Batman. Sorry, the Batman versus Dracula. So nice little touch effect. The credits flicker in like lightning. And we go to Arkham Asylum, where they're playing an intimidating game of bingo with all the Arkham residents. Though I still know some Brooklyn grannies who would go into this and with no fear. (laughs) You know, if the Tupperware is on the line, they're going to get it. And (laughs) we eventually pan around the room and we see that this guy is pretending to be insane, have some kind of um, mental issue because, and I'm going to ask this right out, Mm -hmm. he was given the choice, 30 years in Blackgate Pen or 10 years in Arkham. What are you taking in that deal? (laughs) Oh, I'm taking Arkham every day. (laughs) That thing is a revolving door. (laughs) Why would I even go to Blackgate? (laughs) You'll probably get out next week. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it was wild, though. I was like, 
also, what do you got to do to get either 30 or 10 years? Like, what did you do? Yeah, some there's some must be some tax things that are going on here where they're sending more people to Arkham for mm. like minor crimes to to, <laughs> to beef up security. <laughs> Petty theft. You could go to Arkham for 10 years. Huh? Or yeah. Or, you know, you get a chance to see Batman. He won't beat you up because you're already behind bars. Well, I wouldn't put that uh, behind yeah, him. Let <laughs> me not say that. <laughs> but in any case, these two are talking about um getting out of Arkham, coincidentally, and the the regular goons telling Penguin, look, I have a dead drop full of so much money and treasure in a cemetery. I will give you half of the location now and half later. And he was like, okay, Penguin's like, I'm thinking over this deal. Um, he's like, think quick, because I told somebody else, and the somebody else he told was Mr. J himself. Yeah, and this strikes the fear of God in Penguin. <laughs> I'm unsure if it was because now Joker's his competition or it's because Joker's on the loose, <laughs> um, which sends the entire asylum into a frenzy because now everybody is trying to send all the um the inmates back into their rooms. Penguin uses this as an opportunity to escape as he, I gotta say, this is the most agile, stout man I've Yo. ever seen in my life. Yo, he got moves. <laughs> in this universe, don't mess with Penguin. Penguin, Penguin knows some things. <laughs> <laughs> so as he escapes, um, everybody is sent into a tizzy. Obviously, Batman gets the alert that Joker and Penguin have escaped. So he dons his suit. Um, he is brooding, of course, and just looking out to see what's happening. And as he gets the alert, he starts trying to find where they are. But Penguin and Joker find each other first, leading into Penguin saying, we could make a deal to work together to get the money. But obviously, Joker in this universe is a bit more money hungry, a bit more sane, uh, because he tries to use an electrified joy buzzer to knock out Penguin, which is successful. But as he uses this opportunity, he does escape. And when Penguin wakes up, he sees that Batman is already following Joker. Yeah, like I was like, instant karma. Like, you're not a criminal. (laughs) And also, we this Joker is redesigned. We have to mention, uh, you know, Mm. he's got dreads, green dreads. Mm. But the biggest feature that makes him dangerous is that he doesn't wear shoes in Gotham. (laughs) Now, (laughs) look. I would barely wear flip-flops going down a Brooklyn street. So you're telling me Mans is hopping around Gotham on his pinky toes. And <laughs> I'm like, that's how I remember this man is crazy. <laughs> it's crazy, too, because when you look at his feet, you tell you can tell they're not even just dusty. They're dirty. Like, it's nasty. <laughs> they the got toes spr- are black. <laughs> Somehow they got springs and they're rock hard. How? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. But none of these springs and none of the the clobbering time boots that this man is rocking with can stop him in his battle with Batman. But we'll find out about that soon because we have to hop on over to Penguin, who is investigating the graveyard because he was told by the guy that he left his money in the coffin near a cross. That was the most that's the least helpful information I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> that is like asking a West Indian person for directions. 
<laughs> I say this as a proud West Indian before anybody come at me, but we know how we get directions. <laughs> and as a, a Spanish person, as you know, uh, deso next to the deso next to the deso, like you don't know where you're going. Um, <laughs> so while when he does think he's onto something, he goes into a tombstone covered in crosses and scratches himself opening a coffin with his umbrella sword and the blood from his cut drips down onto Dracula's heart um, who just happens to be in this grave. We get an explanation later. Um, but a really cool bit of animation is that Dracula reanimates. You see his mm -hmm. organs coming back as he comes back to life. And Penguin does a sensible thing, which is run away, but not even his agile self can escape Dracula. He does do the smart thing, though, and let someone else get caught. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a security guard who investigates and says, hey, um, you know, graveyard's closed. No one should be here. Dracula attacks this guy, turns him into a vampire himself. So this is where Penguin just looks in horror at realizing that, like, yeah, this is his end. But he tells him that, like, hey, I could probably help you in some way. And Dracula says, all right, you'll now be my servant, which at first Penguin is against. But because Dracula has hypnotizing powers, Penguin be instantly becomes his servant, telling him where in Gotham he can feed. And this is where Dracula does give us the explanation of what happened here. It's a very... I gotta say, this is the one issue I have because it seemed like he knew exactly what happened to him, even though he did not know what happened to him. Yeah, I do. I mean, look, first of all, I gotta give credit to Transylvanians because mm. when they got Dracula that one time, they put him in a coffin and sent his remains to the USA. They're yeah. like, just in case, mm -hmm. he ain't even gonna be in the country when he comes back. <laughs> So I do get remember this was no planes, no planes. So they did the right thing. Yeah, but you're right. It does remind me of that old Dragon Ball abridged joke. It's like uh, some a, a villain is talking about a a flash, like something that happened to his planet, and someone goes, "How do you remember the parts you weren't there for?" And <laughs> he goes, "Shut up." <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah, yep. Dracula is a Dragon Ball abridged character. <laughs> <laughs> and he also has instant transmission, Dracula. So it kind of fits. <laughs> My man's teleporting everywhere. <laughs> Word. So now that Dracula is proclaiming he's going to take over Gotham, we got to wrap up this fight between Batman and Joker. And it's an intense one because I think that for the first time ever in like a PG rated film, I heard a villain say, I'm out for blood. Mm. Yeah, and my man's is throwing them toes right in at Bruce, <laughs> and understandably, he's upset. So eventually, the fight escalates, and they get to a high place over water. And as Joker is dangling, he's reaching up for Batman to help, but he intended to shock Batman with the joy buzzer. So Batman pulls his hand back, Joker falls, and electrocutes himself in the water below. And he doesn't come back up. And this moment leaves Batman surprisingly sad and depressed about what has happened to Joker. He failed to save someone. And it really does affect him despite everything the Joker's done. And 
if you have seen episodes of the Batman with Joker in it, trust me, this man is a menace. This mm-hmm. man is what J.J. Jermison was warning people about Spider-Man <laughs> times 11. So, but he really does weep for his enemy. But he doesn't have too much time to do that because he's got some work to do as Bruce Wayne. Yes, so he hops on over to an interview at a restaurant with, uh, I guess we could probably say the lovely Vicky Vale here. Um, it's it, He does, it is a moment of questioning because as you're hearing them talk, you're like, these are the interview questions. I haven't even heard a question. Um, it does seem like the two of them are feeling each other a little bit as Bruce even mentions, hey, I noticed we're doing this interview, but there's no cameraman. Um, what's going on here? And she shares, well, I kind of wanted to spend a bit more time with just you. Showing that maybe, just maybe, billionaire playboy Bruce Wayne's got himself a date with Vicky Vale here, and my man didn't do anything about it. <laughs> what do you mean? He activated his bat rays, you know? <laughs> that That is true. Because as the sun goes down, he realizes his duty, and he realizes that he does want to see Vicky again. So he says, hey... How about I invite you to this event that I'm throwing tomorrow about renewable kind of clean energy. And you can come as my date. And along with that event, I want to also invite you out to dinner on Saturday. My man asked for two dates. And I got to say, this Bruce Wayne is probably my favorite Bruce Wayne because I have never seen (laughs) Bruce Wayne with this much riz in my entire life effortless man he is just killing the game and and this does it'll come back later but as we are as he's out on the town um he gets an alert assumes that things are going wrong in gotham because of penguin because people are going missing penguins recently escaped joker's dead as far as he knows so he's assuming penguin and he catches a perch purse snatcher and one, I love this because the purse snatcher runs into the security guard we saw earlier. And Batman's like, eh, guess I don't need to do anything. I'm going to go. <laughs> and it's revealed that the security guard is now a vampiric zombie. And so he, Batman swoops in to try to save the woman that was had her purse snatched in the, in the first place. And Batman gives him the work. He he mixes up the security guard with a 20-hit juggle combo, bro. Um, but it's unaffect it's not very effective. In fact, the woman he tried to save gets zombified, and he has to fight three zombies at once. Wild. Super strength, speed. They got it all. And it's not looking too good for your boy bats. Yeah. So what else can you do when you're, you know, in a 3v1 and definitely getting your, your cape handed to you? He decides to escape. He decides to retreat because there's nothing he can do. He's still unsure about even what's going on. So at that point, we find out a little bit more about, you know, what's going on with the whole Dracula and Penguin, this dynamic. Penguin is a glorified alarm clock now at this point. <laughs> um. So he wakes up his now he's calling his master, his dark lord. And as we see Dracula come out, 
he is looking way more human than he was before. He is his skincare routine is on point this time, and it's clear because um, I guess the only question I had about it was just like, is it that like he's drinking other people's blood, or is it that the blood that other that his like vampiric minions are drinking head to him, and that's what's causing his like revitalization? I think he's just using proactive, honestly. Um, oh, okay, okay. That yeah, I, I think just yeah. good. Good drinking a lot of water. <laughs> My man says a Sephora gift card in that <laughs> Collected his birthday rewards for the last 300 years, and uh, <laughs> now he's good to go. You know what? You're right. You're right. <laughs> so now that he's looking all good, he decides, um, you know, he's going to go out on the town and see what life is about, see what Gotham has to offer. Um, he's hoping that Gotham City wants to turn into the city of vampires. It'll be his king. All right, he'll be their king. Um, so now it's like a little joke. It's like, oh, Penguin's being like, oh, you're going to go out and find your queen? And this is just very much like coming to America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, honestly. <laughs> yeah, and so he, he pulls up to Wayne Manor, proving he's not the only one. Wayne is not the only one with the Riz in this town. And I do like that uh, he doesn't need to be invited in um, because that's mm-hmm. a typical thing of vampire lore. If you guys don't know, vampires typically have to be invited in a house. Otherwise, they can't enter. It's just like a magical seal. So it's kind of funny. They just get that and he just sneaks in. And Alfred is at work ordering some other people around. And one guy's like, dude, chill. Alfred says, caviar chills. I don't. Mm. The coldest Alfred to ever do it. Next to my man's on Gotham. <laughs> um, so Dracula sneaks in. He sees Vicky and he's like, yes, please. And tries to put the moves on her. But Bruce steps in. He says, uh, no, 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 my man. You got to get your own. And Dracula is passing himself as Alucard, saying he's in, into cultural anthropology. And when they're like, that's nice, and try to get away, he teleports in front of them so they mm-hmm. can't escape a conversation. And right as they're going back and forth trading barbs, Dracula hits Bruce with some hypnotism and tells him to go wait outside where he's easy prey. And I do want to say, too, that there was one moment where um, this, may, this, this is probably going to be weird for some people i just thought it was just funny because it was just like a tray of beef steak tartare got passed around (laughs) and the way dracula slurped it up was nasty Mm -mm. it was not Mm -mm. okay this was not a pg film anymore this was r (laughs) um so while bruce is waiting outside in this hypnotic state uh dracula goes in to try to see what he can do unfortunately bruce does break out of the hypnotism um, so now he's trying to, and this is because Alfred comes up to him and asks him, like, Hey, what are you doing? Vicky is out here waiting for you. Just doing something else. So because Dracula doesn't have this victim anymore of Bruce Wayne, he decides to head on over to a little light that pops up lower in the building. As we see our boy, I believe his name was Stipes Snipes. What? Yeah, I think uh, so. Yeah. The, the dude that said Alfred chill, he, ends up getting attacked and it's 
the animation on it is really cool because it does show kind of like the prowess of Dracula with him having this more like supernatural approach of like his cape billowing all around him and the and a bunch of wind and everything. It's really cool. I honestly, it was like one of my favorite scenes to see about Dracula's usage. While while this waiter is getting attacked, um, Bruce realizes that something happened when he was talking to Alucard. So he runs over, grabs someone's lipstick, grabs a tray, and writes the name Alucard backwards, stands in front of the, mil- the mirror, and proves it to be Dracula. Yeah, he he must have saw Batman forever and practiced solving those <laughs> riddles. <laughs> he is on it. And Alfred honestly was about to take out Snipes himself <laughs> for, for not showing hustle. But um, Snipes ends up escaping and Alucard tries to drop one last hint of Riz on Vicky. Says, I had my fill, but not of you. When can I see you again? And she hits him with the on TV. Ooh, <laughs> gotta love it. Um, <laughs> so while Bruce can't catch up to Alucard, Alfred says on the bright side, there's no corpses. <laughs> like, damn. So we do find out Bruce's dad was a vampire hunter on the side because he has a lot of vampire gear just lying around. I, um, I don't know. <laughs> Cross I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure he probably like trained and cl- cleaned his weapons listening to the Buffy the Vampire Slayer theme song in the background. <laughs> Probably funded it. Um, <laughs> and we do see that because these attacks are everyone's saying these attacks are motivated by somebody in a cape with the bat theme of course everyone starts thinking Batman is behind these disappearances. So now it's a question of is it for public security? Is this Batman? Is this Dracula? And Dracula is also keeping up with the news and complimenting Vicky on her jugulars. That that's actually not a double entendre. This is actually he's actually looking at her neck and her veins. It is it is really weird. <laughs> <laughs> so as this whole report gets out. Uh, Batman still decides that, you know, he has to figure out something. So they're doing intense research. Like Alfred is reading up on everything. And the more he reads, he discovers the more Dracula is real. Um, and as ba- but Bruce, he sees it that there has to be a way to, to clear up this vampirism because the way he sees it, it's like a virus. So he has to find some kind of vaccine for people because uh, Dracula's you know, army is just growing exponentially and he doesn't know exactly how many there are. But he is able to track where it probably first started as he remembers the night watchman who attacked him and that seems to be the first person. So he decides to head on over to Gotham Cemetery to investigate what might have happened there. Unfortunately, there is someone, another night watchman who is there. Um, he sees Batman arrive, calls in for help, and this is the first time in my life that I have ever seen Gotham PD SWAT. <laughs> Yo, they don't play. Yeah, I think like they only show up sometimes in like year one adaptations, but never mm-hmm. again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were like, we're going to defund SWAT because Batman exists. <laughs> yeah. And this scene is incredibly cool. Um, as 
Batman is sneaking around trying to defeat the SWAT um, team members. He's hiding in the shadows. So one minute you see him, one minute you don't. And honestly, this feels like a perfect representation of how it feels to play Batman Arkham City on mm-hmm. ultra hard mode. Like <laughs> he is doing silent takedowns, combos. His his combo meter is all the way filled up by the end of this. And in an incredibly cool twist, I got to give so much credit because I, I, I didn't see this coming. As Batman is taking out SWAT team members, it's revealed that Dracula is also in the shadows, taking out SWAT team members. They're both taking them down at the same time. <laughs> so they finally meet. And Batman says the biggest lie of his life. I don't harm people. <laughs> <laughs> We know what you mean. <laughs> but, but my brother. <laughs> <laughs> There's a man with a broken coccyx that would like to have a word with you. <laughs> <laughs> and since Batman, of course, refuses to team up, now the two got a scrap. Oh, man, this this fight was crazy. I, I loved every second of it because in my mind, you know, there's this uh, what was it, Instagram or TikTok dude that be doing the um, the voiceovers, and <laughs> yo, Dracula, all I kept doing, we we we, and it was like, yo, Dracula is that dude? Like he is not getting touched at all. Blood bend, blood bending, breathing, third four. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's it's a wild fight. Um. Unfortunately, though, because Batman is, you know, the operative word being here, man, he can't keep up with Dracula. It's he's very much getting close to get bit. Um, The first thing I thought of was that, like, I wonder if he had net guards <laughs> because, you know, now it feels like I need mean, a whole helmet instead of a cow. <laughs> Please see my last week's episode on why nose plugs and earplugs are important for the Bat family. <laughs> but right when batman looks like he has lost this battle um the start the sun starts coming up forcing dracula to retreat but not before dracula promises one thing that the next time they meet maggots will feast upon your flesh because of the fact that batman didn't decide to join with dracula here who dracula the reason why he asked him to join him is not only because you know he's trying to grow his army but he sees a lot of himself in batman because of the fact that they both are these like creatures who adopted these bat-like personas operating the night strike fear and terror into their prey and all that um but you know batman doesn't harm people so he says (laughs) so he says so here after this horrific night batman has a dream about his parents death um and he in this dream he's also a vampire of course so I got to ding the movie showing Batman parents death. That's a no, no here. We've seen mm-hmm. it too many times. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Unless you're Harley point. Quinn. <laughs> Harley Quinn deserves credit. Then we can never see it enough times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go watch that episode. You know what I'm talking about. But after this horrendous nightmare, they cut back to the graveyard where it's revealed Joker did survive. He called it just like some light electrotherapy. And again, he is still focused on the treasure. So he follows Penguin into a grave where he thinks this treasure is hidden. And 
as he opens up the coffin, Dracula pulls Joker inside, has breakfast in bed, as he calls it. <laughs> and the next time we see Joker, he's breaking in to a blood bank. And this is where I have to ask, what is this movie rated? This movie was badly rated PG because it gets graphic here, folks. As the alert comes in, Batman hops into action and he comes face to face with the person he thought he couldn't save here. Um, he sees that Joker has adopted this like vampiric, these vampiric traits. He has the fangs. He has this like instead of having the green locks, he now has like white ones. Um, his feet are still crusty and dusty, but <laughs> it, it's it's shocking to see this very horrific version of the Joker who is just feasting on blood. He's making comments and jokes about things like uh, um, how it tastes like a bold finish of wild cherries with a hint of oak. I just love that line because I'm pretty sure that anybody who was drinking wine during this movie was just <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I'm throwing that in right here while swirling around their glass. <laughs> yeah, and this is where the battle really gets crazy. There's a, This is a good time, as I need to say, all the fights in this movie are on point. They really work and maximize the animation style, take full advantage of it. And they don't use any 3D, which I really like. It's all mm -hmm. 2D fights. Um, so Joker pulls off a crazy Matrix dodge. And during the battle... Okay, okay here's a question. All this blood bank, in this blood bank, all the blood is stored in horrors, in a vertical shelves consisting of glass vials mm -hmm. that just go up to the ceiling. Have you ever seen blood stored like this? Should blood be stored like this? I don't think it should be. <laughs> also, why do y'all have this much? I mean, it's probably like like bags of blood separated into little vials. What were y'all actually doing that you needed so many vials? Like it's got them. Just... <laughs> that's not an excuse for a logistical nightmare <laughs> like i pity the person that probably has to take that like double extra long library ladder to try to get homeboy's blood that happens just to be o positive or something <laughs> on the top shelf you know they keep the o positive on the top shelf too matter of fact but during the course of this battle because of the poor design and layout <laughs> of this blood bank it starts raining blood and presumably to keep it PG, the blood is animated as it's black, a black liquid, almost like an oil. But still, this scene is incredibly graphic because <laughs> Joker is sipping on blood as he's fighting this battle. And it is he's just covered in blood, hopping around. And Batman distracts, uses the blood as a distraction to punch joker with some garlic bombs and now that he is defeated to joker temporarily with that papa john special he turns joker into his next test subject papa john <laughs> vampirism one bite at a time <laughs> so now that this has happened uh we hop back over to dracula who's in his crypt he is we learned that apparently he had a bride uh camilla he, you know, Penguin's asking, this all came up because as Penguin's noticing that Dracula keeps staring at Vicky Vale on the news or anything, 
He's like wondering maybe he'd have some kind of interest in her and he will go ahead and grab her. Um, so this is where we kind of share. He shares that like, no, I had a bride um, and this is the only person that I want and love. So he decides that the best thing for him to do is to try and see if he can win over Vicky one more time. So Batman decides to once again, he heads on over. He is doing the science. He is working on trying to find the cure for this vampirism. It, it's wild because you can hear the anguished cries of the Joker in the Batcave while Bruce and Alfred are trying to figure out, like, one, how do we make sure that the neighbors don't call the cops on us because they'll hear these screams? But also, how do we make sure that vampirism gets solved in Gotham? The other thing that doesn't work out in their favor is that the doorbell does ring. And in that moment, they, which I think was really shocking to see in the 2005 film, because I don't even think this technology was even like done at that point. But he has a video intercom system, basically a ring that sends <laughs> a video of it to the back computer. And we see that Vicky Vale is waiting there. And unfortunately for Bruce, he has once again missed a date with Vicky Vale. Yeah, and this one does hurt because Alfred explains he also quick gag that they put garlic on all the windows and doors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so when Vicky's like, why is this smell like garlic? He's like, oh, that's just dinner. And Vicky Vale is like, you know, I've been thinking about it. And I think that Bruce is keeps people at a distance due to his own trauma in the past. And as she's making this revelation, she's like, maybe this is why he keeps avoiding me. And then she turns to Alfred and just with a look, she goes, he isn't coming, is he? And mm -hmm. Alfred doesn't respond, just stays silent. So after this rough scene for Vicky, we see that Joker is starving. He, he just needs food. He's in so much pain. Batman gives Joker his blood, takes blood from his body and gives it to the Joker, which is a crazy sentence to even say. Yeah. And although he tried to dangle it to try to get a confession, Joker physically cannot confess while under the thrall of Dracula. So Bruce goes back to work. And this is where I have to mention that this is one of the smartest Batman in history. Mm -hmm. The leaps this man makes in one night is just wild. Um... But he, at, even though he regrets helping Vicky, he gets back to work and devises something that he think might work for Joker and decides to go back and try one more time. So he takes this new concoction that he made. Um, it's a little bit of a combination of adding in some kind of parts because he's looking at the DNA scans on his computer and he's also using his like solar power generator thing that cre actually just creates solar energy to try and see if anything he adds to the blood of anyone who's tainted, will they be burned by sunlight? And already in the past, every single time it shattered, it dissipated, it evaporated. But this time around, even though it was acting like venom, it went back into a stasis mode. So when he gives this new bag over to Joker, and Joker starts to drink from it, Joker's body starts to convulse. It is a shocking scene because, again, he is just screaming out in pain. But then we start seeing that Joker's color starts coming back. When Joker is passed out now, Batman opens the cage, 
to see if he can talk to Joker about what happened. And as he wakes him up, Joker says, how did I get here? Where's Penguin? Where's the graveyard? What's going on? At that moment, Batman deduces everything. He realizes that apparently, even after being turned into a vampire, you don't remember anything after you have been turned. But he does get enough information to do two things. One, head on over to the crypt that is in Gotham Cemetery. And two, make a little pit stop to drop Joker off for maybe, I don't know, for like two more days or something. I don't know. <laughs> He's going to be out in like 30 seconds. For all we let, know. let him cook for a minute. Yes. <laughs> um, but as he's prepping to do all of this, he, Vicky gives him a call and Bruce is just working so hard on the serum that he doesn't want to answer it. And we realize that Vicky is doing what is the, the number two cause of death in the DC universe, which is walking alone in Gotham. Mm-hmm. And she, while walking alone, she gets got by Dracula. And as Bruce puts two and two together, he's like, oh, they see a picture of Dracula's wife. And he just makes wild leaps and figures that Vicky is in trouble and that Dracula <laughs> has her. I, like, his logic is just beyond me. He did too and, much science. Something had to fall. <laughs> I guess so. And Batman wants, Alfred wants Batman to wait for the sun to have as a background backup, but it's too late. He has to go save her. So we do, if you haven't seen this Batman animated series, the dress up montage is crucial. So he gets his suit on, he suits up. There's no bat nipples here, just badass. And he goes to stop Dracula from following the pop plot of the first mummy. And turning Vicky Vale into his Anaxuna Moon. Oh, nice job. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so he enters the crypt, which he does know in um, something that was mentioned earlier. I'm just going to keep going with this on this motif that they have here. Just like the similarities between Batman and Dracula. He notices that uh, Dracula is operating from inside the like catacombs or a crypt underneath the Gotham Cemetery. Which he realizes, oh, this is actually kind of like how I do my own operations. So as he heads on over to the cemetery, he enters. And this is where we get a chance to see the full thing in action, by which we mean Dracula's plan. So this plan is to have Vicky's essence, her life essence, be the thing that brings back his wife, Camila. Because what happened was that Camila and I think I'm a little I, I'm trying to remember. I think he said foolishly stepped into the sun. And I was like, that that's messed up, sir. But I don't I might be making things up. Uh, <laughs> no, I think that's right. <laughs> so she stepped into the sun, was turned to ash. And the only thing that could bring her back is full life force. Not like what happened with him, where just a little drop of blood was able to get him just to wake back up. So. As he's starting this ritual, we see this drastic scene of Vicky's life essence coming out from her. But he also notices that the bats that are floating around him aren't operating in the way that he likes, which to him clues in that there's an intruder, which of course is the Batman. So he sends a bunch of vampires, like a legion. It's basically like Blade 1, 2, and 3 up in this piece. And Batman has to fight every single one of them and my god was this again fight scene fire 
because mm. he is literally taking the serum, block, block, dodge, weave, stab, block, block, stab. Everybody is getting cured one by one. One man is curing every single person here. He brought enough cures for the whole class. If he said, do you have enough gum for the whole class? He'd say yes. And here's <laughs> yours. Here's your cane, Papa. And <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the deep cut. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So right when he's about to get Vicky, Batman is hypnotized once again into stomping. But Batman's mind is too strong. So he overcomes the hypnosis and fights back. Unfortunately, his last vial of cure is gone and it's almost midnight. There's no chance the sun is going to bail him out. So Batman lures Dracula into the caverns he knows well while Penguin goes after Vicky and Dracula is able to keep track of Bruce by just smelling his blood um and again these are some great fights they're just Batman is barely staying in this fight just trying to stay ahead of Dracula and using bombs gadgets flips whatever he has and eventually they end up exploding into the Batcave where Dracula says, oh, yo, is this your ride? Is this a Batmobile? I'm tossing it like a feather. What do you have, Mr. Wayne? What he does have, though, is the most badass butler of all time. Because Alfred comes through with the crossbow shotgun, mm. stoops Dracula, but doesn't do much. <laughs> Not much. I will say he took that hit from Dracula like a champ. All he right. Did. He, did. <laughs> he ate that. He, did. he was like, I just need a little breather, but I'm going to get back into the fight. Bruce just ended it too early. That's the way I see it. <laughs> I ain't hear no bell. <laughs> um, so as this shot serves as a distraction, uh, Dracula uses, the, he loses track of Batman. And as he rises up, proclaiming that, he is evil incarnate. None of these serums, none of this stuff that you science or anything like that. It's not going to stop my supernatural energy. Fortunately for Batman, he does have one more piece of science up his sleeve, and that's the power of the sun. So he hooks up his sunlight creation ray thing that he was using <laughs> before and blasts Dracula full force with this thing. This is a solar beam from Pokemon. This is the spirit bomb from Dragon Ball Z. Everybody knew that this was going to be it for Dracula. And he did too. Because my man realizes too late, because now that he sees the power of the sun in the palm of his hands, mm. Bruce Wayne <laughs> is Batman. Yes. And because even though Batman doesn't harm people, doesn't matter because he's undead, and in one of the greatest Batman finishers of all time, once Dracula turns into skeleton, he says, rise and shine, jumps in the air, and punches Dracula's skeleton into dust. Just chef's kiss here on how to finish a fight. Mm -hmm. And as the dust literally clears, um, <laughs> Penguin returns back to his normal self. He ends up actually in the proper tomb where the treasure is hidden. And Gotham PD just pins it all on him. <laughs> just, the whole thing is his fault. 
Oh man, you know they did not want to do any extra paperwork. They were like, "Yo, oh penguins here," but this dude did it. We we have witnesses. They don't remember nothing, but <laughs> we got the witnesses. Nose goes. <laughs> so now penguins protesting that you know it was vampires all along. But as we hear from the reporter who is on site, uh, he shares that obviously penguins still trying to use this as a ruse. Thankfully, though, they do have Vicky Vale, who's on the scene, um, who is, as they quote, who is not here talking about the news, but is actually making it. Um, I don't Kinda know why. Up. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, sir, like, check in on your colleague. <laughs> she was kidnapped, bro. Like, what? It's like, there's a moment to be on. That was not it. So as he asked her, you know, like, what happened? Or is everyone safe? She just says she looks up. She sees the Batman in the rafters looking down on his city, seeing how everybody's being recovered and taken care for by the proper authorities. And he swoops away and she smiles, knowing that Batman was the one that saved the city. Not none of these vampires or any or other urban legends have come up. And uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> there, yeah. There's no more movie after this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He does, he does like one little last like brooding thing, but it's actually not brooding. I think he's like more happy now. <laughs> <laughs> it's happy brooding. <laughs> um, so yeah, that wraps up our film. Um, so while we go make sure to hang up some garlic or rather go to the supermarket and buy some garlic first, uh, here's a podcast from the Forgotten Entertainment family that you should be listening to the next time you're not listening to us. Hi everyone, Master Jedi Colleen here, co-host of Bohemian Geek Studies and yet another Star Wars podcast. But I'm not only a podcaster, I'm also an author. My second novel was published last fall and it debuted as number one horror novel on Amazon, which was really cool. If you like Stephen King, weird happenings in small towns, or just looking for a new writer, give my novel The Falls a try. It's set in Minnesota where everyone wears that nice facade. Nothing is ever what it seems. Find the Falls by Colleen McMillan on Amazon and the Between the Lines publishing website. All right. Uh, there's no whelmed here. We can't do that. We are doing an official film. So Calendar Man is requesting that we do a number scoring. Out of, I guess, out of, hmm, trying to think of a good one. I'm like mm-hmm. tossed up between garlic cloves and, oh, Alfred shot crossbow shotguns. How many <laughs> Alfred crossbow shotguns are you giving this film? So I'm going to give this seven crossbow shotguns out of 10. Mm. Uh, this movie is, let's say it again, we can say it a hundred times, but it won't be enough. The animation here is fantastic. The, the specific style the Batman has of the series carries perfectly onto this movie. The fight scenes are well choreographed, really creative, thoughtful, and explosive. Every fight scene, someone is fighting for their life. You know, like, I do like that a lot. And come on, you got Batman versus Dracula. So automatically, that's a lot of fun. Um, Where this movie does falter, what keeps it from being perfect and keeps it so far, you know, a little bit below some of our classics is the simple fact that it doesn't follow up on two of its biggest plot points. We spent a lot of time getting invested in this Vicky Vale relationship and everything, mm. but we don't even get a final scene between the two of them. You know, 
not even as him as Batman (laughs) doesn't even really get a final scene with Vicky. So it just felt odd that we spent so much time in the movie building up this Vicky Vale relationship and that it's not really, they don't go to the finish line with it. Um, And, you know, I do compare it to classics like Phantasm, which Mm -hmm. really do a lot or Batman Hush that does a lot with Batman's love life and really sells why he can't commit. Um, so I was a little, little let down by that. And the other plot point that I felt was let down is the Joker death. I do think that the f- initial moment where he reacts and is actually sad that Joker is dead, while Alfred's like, I thought this would be like a good riddance. I think that was really good. And mm. I was kind of disappointed that it was just dropped so soon. And then, of course, Joker comes back. So it doesn't really <laughs> matter. But yeah, right now I'll drop my RT alteration um, that I think would have solved both plot points. Link these two. Mm. I think if after he thinks Joker has died, he has a quick talk with Alfred saying everyone that gets too close to me, even my enemies die and have Vicky Vale take the initiative to get the date with Bruce instead of the other way around. And just as she's getting close, Alucard shows up. And this is where he discards her in the in the idea of keeping her safe. And, you know, the rest of everything plays out naturally. And at the end, he realizes it doesn't really matter because he lives in Gotham. People are going to be in danger anyway. And leaves it maybe don't say he goes to her, but leaves it open-ended if he does try, despite the danger. Because Joker survived, she survived. Maybe he doesn't have to deny himself to get what he wants in lived life. Um, Mm. A lot of this is under the surface of the movie. I will give credit to the writers because I I just read between the lines of what they were doing with some of this stuff, at least how I interpreted it. But I think it could have been more in the forefront and I think it would have made the story elevated more more than just a fun Batman vampire adventure, but into something that stands against Phantasm, Batman versus Robin, and the Lego Batman movie. (laughs) (laughs) um so that's my two cents what do you think where are you sitting with this one yeah i'm a seven out of ten for this one too because it it's it's really done well in my opinion for something that a series that doesn't get that much shine when you think about batman stuff in general um it's i think it, it in some ways it really did a good balance on like you know here's like a deep philosophical Batman film that maybe might be good for kids who are just trying to understand the like the mindset of the character but also like yo we got Dracula so we go mess some things up (laughs) it's like it teeters back and forth and it doesn't um feel like you know like with with films like Batman Unlimited where it's like either too ridiculous or other stuff where it's just like it's too serious that it has its faults um like uh, I think it was like Justice League versus the Fatal Five. Um, I think also the fact that as you're watching it, I definitely got like strong vibes of like Mask of the Phantasm trying to echo out. And I do appreciate you saying that, like, you know, the writers did a great job, but I think some stuff needs to be brought to the forefront a bit more because like, yeah, I felt the same way, like Vicky just felt more like a character in more service for like Alucard after everything that happened. 
um, because she has some great scenes. There were great moments of dialogue where she's like writing her paper, thinking about Bruce. And she's like, you know, I'm attracted to this guy, but I don't know what it is. Is it like the bod? Is it the money? Is it like the, the charm? And she's like, no, there's something more underneath all of that. And I would love to if they had moments where they were just like, let's explore that a bit more. Like, maybe it is like she's trying to get to know, get to know him better and um, have more scenes with the two of them interacting. Not just be that he's just brushing her off and focused then on instead on like Dracula and Pennyworth's and, and, and like Cobblepot's relationship instead. Like that seemed like too much of that in my in my opinion. Yeah, and I, um, I want to if I could say really quick, um, mm-hmm. there's actually an episode of this Batman series. Again, we're, I highly recommend watching all of this if we haven't made that clear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where uh, Alfred forces Bruce to get into online dating. Mm. Um, <laughs> this is a real episode. And he sets up the date and Bruce finally comes out of his shell. He likes talking to her. He doesn't use his real profile or name. And he finally gets a chance to go on the date. But he sends Alfred instead, says, I can't right now do the balance between dating Bruce Wayne and Batman, maybe one day, but not today. Alfred gets out of a limo and she's like, oh, you're older than I think. And it's like, no, I'm sorry, but the person who was supposed to come can't come tonight. And she says they're disappointed. And from a distance, Batman watches, looks at her, sees the bat signal and goes. And that alone, no dialogue. You didn't really develop this this character as like a fully formed character, but the way that story is framed tells me everything about his relationships and that he's not ready and gives right. such a deep message. So that's kind of, again, even in its own show and another story within this universe, they covered this, they got that. Um, and I just didn't see that here. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because, so this movie should take place between seasons one and two of the show. Cause I think, um, by season two, we got more of that actualized Bruce Wayne Batman scenario of like Gotham is working alongside Batman because I think that's when they started introducing characters like the Gordon family and a bunch of other people. But season one did a great job in like gra- making a grounded Batman story. And this is very much like this. Like there's just so much that this has the potential to do. That unfortunately, I think maybe I don't know if it's maybe it's just like t- ended up focusing too much on Dracula, or if it was just that like we ran out of time. Um, either way, it's a good film. I think some of the things I just like, and this is just me trying to find a fault within it. Um, but really, it's not that big of a deal. Like I kind of wish we did have a moment to explain the whole mind control thing, like why Bruce was the only one to seem to have broken <laughs> out of it a bit quicker than other people. Um. You know, like even just saying that, like, yo, I, I did some training. That's it. That's all I need. That's <laughs> yeah. really all I needed. Um, I think it leaves someone, especially because of the the audience I'm assuming this is aimed towards. The and, and I'm assuming this is like probably like someone in their like like a preteen or something. They're not gonna quite understand maybe that Batman just has that like skill set to just training of like being able to break through their mind control. So I think that was really just the only issue that I had. And then also, I think it was just a bit too graphic with the the Joker scene. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So for context, when you see it, it is very much like the opening scene of Blade 
um, where all this blood is falling down and Joker's just like licking the walls, enjoying in this like moment of craze. So it's a lot for someone who may be younger um, and probably will actually. And also for me, because this probably fueled my nightmares for a little bit right now, because, um, you know, I didn't like Joker before, but now it's just like <laughs> vampire Joker. Holy crap. Um <laughs> But other than that, it's a good film. It's a solid film. I think it just needed to take that moment to slow down the pace a bit, focus on Batman, focus on this relationship he has with Vicky, um, because this, in my opinion, could have been a, another Mask of the Phantasm. It, yeah, definitely. It definitely had the potential. The story is dark. The stakes are fairly high. The mm-hmm. vampire army of Gothamites, yeah. that's pretty high stakes. <laughs> and... You know, I think definitely it's a budget issue or anything, but, you know, we could have seen some vampirized versions of his other rogues, too. Yeah. You know, and that's not a I'm not that's a knock, not a knock against the movie. It's just something that might have been fun to do because I I, I do respect that they kind of kept it relatively cont- contained um, mm-hmm. with two villains. That was more than enough. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think uh, I think it definitely I agree. It It had that potential to be there but just quite didn't quite get all the way there um mm-hmm. for me all right so with that we gotta jump into this comic book knowledge um because hold on are you telling yeah. me that batman boxes dracula on the regular <laughs> <laughs> well yes and no <laughs> so um, I guess really the first question you gotta ask is like, does Dracula actually exist in the DC universe? Uh there are stories, but he's not that big of a deal, unfortunately, as compared to like maybe the Marvel universe, which has turned him into like, you know, he's got his own, he's a villain, he's got his own nemesis of Blade and all that. It's not quite like that. Um, he does face off sometimes against Superman and Batman, but DC tends to more lean towards like the version of random vampires i believe there's one um by the name of like bennett um yeah there's like uh, something like alexander bennett or something i'm sorry i didn't do too much research on this guy because it's not it the the horror side of dc stuff isn't usually like my fortes i'll be honest about that um but there is a lot there is a there, there's a ton because you know we also have characters like constantine and swamp thing who lean into those horror side so there is a vampire that operates there uh there's another one by the name of looker who's also had a vampiristic um, scenario at one point. And most recently in 2021, there was a release of DC versus vampires, um, which lasted for about like two or three years. Uh, fun read. It's, it's wild. Uh, you know, it's, and I think because <laughs> it's a lot of, a lot of vampires, but don't want to commit to Dracula himself. Two years. <laughs> yeah, and I think it had a spinoff. It was called first called DC versus Vampires, and then it was called DC versus Vampires All Out War. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah. uh two years. Uh yeah. I'm stuck on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Dracula did pop up a lot in the main continuity version. Um, well, sorry, not a lot, rather. It's not a lot, sorry, but just very little, like pre-flashpoint. Um, but I think he probably did better in the Elseworld story that they actually created called Batman Red Rain. This isn't an inspiration to this film, I believe. However, it does have very similar elements 
um, because it is a trilogy where Batman Red Rain is a series of graphic novels um, written by Doug Monk and illustrated by Kelly Jones. And it falls in the trilogy of Batman Red Rain, Batman Bloodstorm, and Batman Crimson Mist. Um, the first one came out in 1991, where, just like in our movie here, Gotham City is plagued by a series of gruesome murders. Um, and in this case, we find out it actually is Count Dracula. And just like in our movie, Batman gets overpowered. So in today's WTF moment in comics, the only way that Batman could figure out a way to stop Dracula is to become a vampire himself. Uh, the Morbius method. Mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he survives the transformation, uh, gains these abilities, and he's able to stop Dracula. However, because he now has his own thirst for blood, um, it turns into him just trying to manage that. So Alfred has to create like this special serum that allows him to resist drinking human blood. And he does finally win the battle against Dracula and continues to keep his vampire powers. We mm. see this play out next in Bloodstorm that released three years later in 94, where Batman continues his mission to rid Gotham of crime. However, he's getting a little bit too serious with certain things. Um, he starts feeding on criminals. Um, new threats start to emerge because of that. Like, um, there's Catwoman, who's actually a werecat now. Okay. <laughs> and a lot of, like, the villains actually team up because they're like, you need to stop Batman. And they team up with, like, people like Commissioner Gordon and Harvey Bullock, who realize that their former ally, the relationship is strained. So they have to find a way to stop and bring Batman down for good. But Batman, at the same time, is having this internal battle because he's like, I'm supposed to be the hero. I'm supposed to be the person that doesn't harm people. But I am killing people left and right for this, quote unquote, sake of Gotham. And it ends, that one ends with him just saying, you know what? F it. I'm just going to do what I need to do and become basically the new version of Dracula here. So the final book focuses on how he's just fallen prey to that. He's taken over the underworld where he's like preying on criminals and striking fear into all of them. So all the villains are stopping him from trying to um, go any further. But he finally realizes that he needs to end this immortal existence of his because he's done too much. Um, so he talks with Alfred and Alfred agrees to stake him in the heart, ending mm. his life there. That is, you know, they say you're not hardcore unless you live hardcore. And uh, <laughs> that that is pretty metal. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's not too much where he's like battling Dracula, but it's more so he's battling the ideas of Dracula. So I can probably see why this film probably started using that idea just like, is Batman the hero or is he the villain that Dracula is saying him to be? And Batman, just for just for everyone out there, Batman was not influenced by Dracula or Bram Stoker's story of this character of La the Impaler. Um, he's more so influenced by like characters like Zorro and um in the Phantom, I believe it is. Mm -hmm. Um so but it doesn't mean that Batman and vampires haven't crossed paths as we've seen here. Like there's also one of his very earlier stories in I think number 31, where he actually battles someone called the monk 
who's very much like Dracula. So I take that back. Batman has boxed with Dracula and there has <laughs> been Bob Wee moments and blood bending final form breathing and everything. <laughs> good, good. I'm selling some box seats then for the next one. <laughs> All right. Um, that ends our episode here. Um, I think we full on scared Calendar Man with stories of bloodthirsty jokers and bat batmen. <laughs> um, so with that, be sure to check us out on our socials and our Patreon for more content. Have a happy, happy Halloween. Eat lots of candy, go trick-or-treating. Remember to take care of yourselves, and most importantly, find garlic it is not only a good thing to add as seasoning into your meals it's a great way to keep vampires at bay and if you need to make an an excuse for why your ex-girlfriend left you tell her alucard stole her and turned her into the noxuna moon Mm. everyone will believe you Thanks again for listening. Yet Another DC Animated Podcast is a proud part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. If you liked what you heard, leave a review and share us with a friend. Also be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts and on social media at YADC Animated Pod.